0: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Support comes from
1: the Pennsylvania Hemp Summit, November 14th and 15th, convening hemp industry stakeholders to learn, connect, and grow. Details at pahempsummit.com.
0: This is What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights. I'm your host, Katie Kiefer, and I have the very great pleasure of having one of my all-time favorite guests back on the show. His name is Art Cullen. Art is the Pulitzer Prize-winning editor and co-owner of the Storm Lake Times, Buena Vista County's hometown newspaper. Buena Vista County is in Iowa, people. We're talking to the heartland here. In 2017, Art was awarded his Pulitzer Prize for editorial writing. I follow him constantly on Twitter. His editorials often appear in Washington Post uh, and no doubt other newspapers as well. Um, It's a great pleasure to have you back, Art. I really appreciate you coming on the show again and taking the time for me. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, So you had a great piece, um, one of many great pieces, uh, about how um, essentially the farming community um, uh, bites the hand that feeds it. So you pointed out that historically farmers do better under Democratic administrations. And yet for the last three or four presidential cycles, they consistently have voted Republican. So I wanted you to sort of explain that disconnect because you know, their economics are almost always at least as good, if not better as than during Republican administrations. Um, and yet during the Biden administration, for example, there's been a distinct uptick in income for a lot of farmers. Um, so let's talk about, you know, why you think that disconnect exists and who's actually making bank.
1: Well, the disconnect may exist because, uh, uh, of Iowa's, uh, History with the Republican Party, Senator Jonathan Tolliver, uh, around the turn of the century, around 1900, uh, between 1900 and the 1920s, said Iowa will go uh, Democrat when hell goes, goes Methodist. <laughs> um, uh You know, and then when Harold Hughes was elected governor uh, of Iowa, he was a Democrat, first uh, first Democratic governor in a generation, and kind of uh, started making Iowa purple. Uh Uh, But, you know, the Farm Bureau has always controlled Iowa agriculture and politics, and it continues to today. And it's, uh, you know, basically the bulwark of the Iowa Republican Party.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, I didn't realize that. I was not clued into the power of the Farm Bureau. That that explains a lot. So, you know, you mentioned that a lot of uh farmers are making more money now than they have in past years. Um and I wondered who particularly is making that money. Is it the corn guys? Is it the soy guys? Is it the pig guys? Or is it some com, you know, some other uh <laughs> lesser-known factor?
1: Well, the people making the money are uh, Smithfield Foods, which is owned, uh, it's a subsidiary of a company owned out of Shanghai, which is essentially reports to the Chinese government.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's called the W.H. Uh, w- H- group.
1: And yep. uh, Bayer, which is a German concern, uh, bought Monsanto, the seed and chemical provider, uh, maker of Roundup, yep. herbicide. And so they're making money. Yeah. And uh, the fertilizer dealers, including Coke Enterprises, are making money. And then you've got these farmers that are farming uh, over a thousand acres uh, where land sells for $20,000 an acre. Uh, And they're making money because they're too big to fail and they're all plugged into that corn, pork, ethanol complex. Uh, and you can't operate outside that complex. Uh, but but those people are making money. It's the bottom third of Iowa and midwestern agriculture that are in a constant state of stress. Uh, they don't own the land, and right. uh, and their expenses are higher and their rents are higher. Uh, but the but the big boys are making money. It's the little guys that aren't. And there's very few little guys left.
0: Yes, that's that is also true. And the little and the big guys are also the guys that are buying the you know that are lining the pockets of politicians to make sure that the status quo remains the status quo. I guess so. I mean, it's it's yeah. there's nothing there's nothing new about the story except that it is a constant uh, you know surprise to me. I don't know why. I mean, you pointed out that the Trump administration uh, bailed out pork, soybean, corn. Uh, and others to the tune of $16 billion, which I think, you know, somehow that kind of skated under Correction, the radar. Six
1: zero, not one six, six zero billion. Oh, come on.
0: 60. I actually looked that up. Billion wow.
1: Over a two year period.
0: Right. Wow. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Over, yeah. Um, and then, of course, they already get the very substantial farm bill subsidies that all of these big uh, right, commodity were farmers get. Those special
1: trade subsidies, uh, right. trade emergency subsidies that were sparked by the trade war that uh, Trump imposed with China. Right. And to protect soybean growers, primarily, and pork producers. Right. Uh, and uh, because we, we export uh, about half of our pork goes to China.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. One in every four pigs is owned by China already, right? Through Correct. Smithfield. Smithfield. So yeah, yeah, they don't. They got a big appetite for pork.
1: And so there. that was sixty billion dollars over a two-year <sighs> period in trade subsidies. Uh, and by contrast, uh, the Biden administration is spending three billion dollars uh, on climate-smart agriculture through the same program uh, called the Commodity Credit Corporation.
0: Right. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Um <laughs> but those so Biden ended those trade wars essentially. I mean, trade has right. been uh resumed with China on these fronts. So so these guys are making their exports just as they did prior to the Trump administration. But Mexico and do you the
1: think, Canada too.
0: Uh, that's right. Do you think uh I mean, is is it because he bailed out the farmers? that that is why he Trump has managed to maintain his, uh, grip on the Republicans in that part of the world? Or, uh, is there, is it just that, you know, I don't even know how to phrase this question. Well, I, think,
1: I think what wow. they did is they made a pact with the devil to get tax cuts right? and, uh, and to, uh, especially to get, uh, reductions in inheritance taxes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so they said, okay, you know, uh, uh he may be trying to uh, act like an authoritarian, but he's at least he's cutting taxes and uh, and not imposing any regulations on how I do business
0: right those seem to be I mean as you point out in numerous editorials those seem to be sort of the the driving thing and the, and the fact that the infrastructure is crumbling around them and the water is unfit to drink uh doesn't seem to deter the look. <laughs> You know the local residents from voting for those same people who are making sure that their infrastructure is crumbling and their water is unfit to drink because they won't raise taxes. I mean, it's you know the the shooting oneself in the foot scenario in Iowa is kind of breathtaking, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, we we do stupid things here too, but gee whiz. Uh,
1: but when that when you're buying that land at twenty thousand dollars an acre, uh, you know you've got to make every inch of it pay. Yes. And, uh, and that's the mentality, uh, and that, you know, tells us to produce all out fence row to fence row and then through the fence row and into the ditch and into the river, uh, we're planting and, uh, uh, there's just no end to it.
0: Apparently not. I mean, you write a lot. I mean, one of the reasons I so enjoy your... You know, your columns is because you are the only one who speaks truth to power. I mean, it's really unusual to see how forcefully you come out about these issues. And I know that you have paid a price for that in terms of support for your paper. I remember the last time we spoke, you were, you know, uh, addressing a sort of financial crisis because you had lost so many advertisers because of some of the positions you've taken in the local paper, I, I just as an aside: Is there any uh, change in that? Are people starting to rally to your side?
1: Well, uh, we're breaking even now, and uh, we're, as we come out of the pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. it seems like community newspapers nationwide—I think, I pray—may have hit bottom uh, in 2021, mm-hmm. and uh, we've just got our nose above water now, and. Uh, but the year we won that Pulitzer Prize, uh, we actually lost $70,000.
0: Oh, my God. That's
1: painful to see. But And that was before the pandemic.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: 2017.
0: Right. Well, you know, but I feel like those years also, like, every local newspaper was taking a hit, right? I mean, it wasn't just the Storm Lake Times. Or do you feel like that was particularly a year in which... Um, because of your surprise. No,
1: six, six Iowa county seat newspapers closed that year in 2021, the pandemic. Right. Six Iowa newspapers closed just that year. County Jesus. seat newspapers. And of course, newspapers were closing before then. I mean, there's about 300 news deserts in America where they uh, you know, these are towns of 20 to 30,000 people without any local news source of any kind.
0: Absolutely, we were just actually looking at a local paper here. I'm in the Northeast, and uh, there was really no news in it. And I, and you know, and the, and the reason is because they don't have any money to hire reporters exactly. to do the news gathering that a local newspaper needs to do, like attending. And it's sort of a vicious cycle meeting. because yes.
1: rural communities are declining because of all this consolidation in rural America. Uh, they're also in decline. And so retail businesses on Main Street are a lot weaker than they were 40 or 50 years ago. And that's really uh, eroded the business model of community newspapers.
0: That's right. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to what we were talking about, because aside from how interesting that part is, um, you mentioned the Partnerships for Smart Commodities. Um, which I did a show with uh, about with uh, Tom Philpot from Mother Jones last week or a couple weeks ago. Anyway, um, and it is uh, it is a huge giveaway to mega ag, right? I mean, it's like the number of partnerships with Corteva, uh, Bayer. Um, Archer
1: Daniels Midland. Archer
0: Daniels Midland, Cargill. I mean, it was kind of breathtaking. Now, I understand that you can't really move forward without engaging those entities, but it was kind of astonishing how much money was in play. As you said it's 3 billion dollars which compared to the trade subsidies uh, or the emergency trade payments that the Trump administration okay kind of pales in comparison. But still it's a big chunk of money. Um it's something
1: it's a start. It's a it's a it's a big start.
0: It's a big start um but it does seem to focus a lot on growing more corn and I know you have some thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, And there were a few things, a few projects that were going to, you know, help subsidize increasing uh, pork production. Again, something that you have strong thoughts about. Um, And then it talked a lot about the pipeline, or not a lot, but the pipeline, um, which uh, Jesse Vilsack uh, is uh, sort of pushing along, which is supposed to capture carbon uh, at ethanol plants because it's really all about... I mean, many of the projects seem to be about uh, supporting and producing even more ethanol, which we all pretty much know is not really the most efficient use of fuel or the most efficient fuel product to make, in fact. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about how, you know, what what will the impact be on Iowa if corn production is even further, um, you know, produce, even further... Uh, Grown, <laughs> I don't even know, know how to say this. Um, but you know what I'm saying, like is expanding corn production. What is the impact of that going to be given the state of topsoil, of water, et cetera, in Iowa?
1: Well, um, right now the Great Plains is involved. It's in the midst of a, of a 50 year mega drought. Right. Uh, the likes of which haven't been seen in over a thousand years. Uh And, uh, so corn production is, uh, is you, you, you can barely grow corn in Kansas and some parts of Nebraska anymore. And because nights are getting warmer, Mm. uh, it is becoming more difficult for, uh, to grow corn even with irrigation. And, Mm. uh, so there's a real challenge. And then in Iowa, Uh, which is, you know, the buckle of the corn belt, Uh, it's going to be difficult to grow corn in southern Iowa in 30 to 35 years. And uh, one of the top climate agronomists in the world, a guy by the name of Gene Tackley, who uh, just retired from Iowa State University, uh, expects that our corn yields are going to decline by, oh, uh, up to 30 percent back to 1980s levels. Uh, wow. Despite all the advances in technology in plant science,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, he's he's seeing us uh, our yields declining by a third here in Iowa, mm.
0: and he attributes that to, uh, but the fact that nights are warm, in other words, climate change and drought conditions.
1: It, yes, and soil degradation. And
0: soil degradation, right? Of course. So, so
1: we're growing th- corn on a petrochemical base right now, and. Right. Um, uh, you know, that is not sustainable uh, mm-hmm. going into the future. You have to have sufficient water and, and the soil holds water and you have to have the right uh, temperatures and environmental conditions to grow that corn. Right. And everything in the Midwest is predicated on corn.
0: When you say everything, what do you mean? Like the entire sort of industrial complex? Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Like Exactly. There I are, are 3,000
1: meat cutters in Storm Lake, Iowa, a town of about ten to 15,000 people. Uh, there are 3,000 meat cutters here, and all of that starts with a kernel of corn.
0: Sure. Of course it does. Wow. I didn't realize you had a big plant there. Is that a Smithfield plant? Uh, Tyson. And Tyson. Um, so we
1: have uh, about 90% of our elementary school are children of color, son, sons and daughters of immigrants.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that in itself is another entire conversation. Right. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, that is I love you, hard. this is why I love you, Art.
0: This is why I love you. What about that carbon capture pipeline, which I think has gotten a little bit of pushback from people who don't especially want it running through their property, um, including large farms? What's what? What is the status of that? Are you plugged into that story?
1: Well, yeah, it's coming through our neighborhood, and mm-hmm. it's going to come through. And there's nothing anybody can do to stop it really before the Iowa Utilities Board. Uh, the skids are grease. The Utilities Board has never met a pipeline it didn't like. Whether really, whether shale oil or uh, natural gas or whatever, right? And so. And the entire political establishment in Iowa is, of course, vested in ethanol. And so these pipelines are serving these ethanol plants that are huge CO2 emitters yeah. because they're, uh, they're boiling corn. And uh, oh, that, that wow. takes a lot of energy. And, uh, and they're also huge water consumers, uh, three gallons of water for every gallon of ethanol produced.
0: No, that's never a statistic I've, I've read or heard. I've heard that it takes a gallon and a half of energy or fuel to produce a gallon of ethanol. That I've heard. But the water, woo. Uh,
1: and is. it takes five gallons a day to water a hog, by the way. Right. Uh, and our hog populations are continuing to grow. And right. And again, that's a whole other topic. But sure. the carbon pipelines are going to happen and uh, because that's just the way things are wired. And there have been a lot of protests and a lot of people are getting organized and there's been litigation. Yeah. And we've seen it time and again, and it's all uh, going to go for naught and the pipeline will get built. Now, as long as we're pumping, as long as we're through federal and state policies supporting the distillation of corn into ethanol and cranking out all this CO2, I suppose it makes some sense that if you're going to be doing that, you might as well capture some of it and bury it under this ground in the, in this uh, Rube Goldberg scheme.
0: Right. <laughs> uh,
1: but, you know, as we, as you were referring to earlier, uh, it seems like you got to buy off uh, the, the ethanol, corn, pork lobby uh, yeah. to get anything done uh, going forward. You're going to have to pay ADM and Cargill and, Smithfield and JBS, you're gonna to have to pay them all up front to jump on board. And right, that's what's going on.
0: Right, right, exactly. It's like they're dangling the carrot instead of beating them with the stick. Because so, the no regulations, the rule, right? You
1: can't beat them with a stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 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 Iowa Supreme Court and the U.S. Court of Appeals have been pretty consistent that uh, you just simply can't regulate agriculture.
0: Yeah. Right. All right. We have to take a short break with Art Cullen. Please stay tuned. We'll be talking more about the politics of Iowa in the next segment. Uh, We'll be right back. Support comes from the Pennsylvania Hemp Summit. Join us for the Pennsylvania
1: Hemp Summit trade show and reception at the Farm Show Complex in Harrisburg on November 14th and 15th. Connect with industry stakeholders and grow the industry together through our 2023 industry planning sessions, industry and legislature panel discussions, success story sharing, professional development workshops, and a research showcase. Register to attend or get involved by exhibiting or sponsoring Details at pahempsummit.com.
0: Okay, so let's let's talk politics. You have, uh, coming up for re-election, you have Governor Kim Reynolds, who, uh, you know, for people who are not following this, is a Trump-supporting, election-denying radical. Um, And then you have Chuck Grassley, who is 88 years old? That sounds about right. Uh, and who, if the evidence is to believe from the January sixth committee, was all in on stealing the election? Um, but it sounds like they may prevail, uh, despite what you described at the top of the show as the sort of gradual purpling of your state. Um, what explains that?
1: Well, what I Iowa was purple, so was Ohio, uh, and what's happening in each state is that. Uh, uh the elites in DC and the east coast and west coast uh essentially have abandoned Appalachia and the rust belt and yes. the resentments are so huge uh and of course then it, it uh, you know the the spin machine says well it's the latino that's taken your job well No, nobody, no Anglo really wants to go in and slice 15,000 hogs a day. No. And uh, there's actually a job at Tyson called the bunghole cutter. Mm -hmm. And do you want to do that? No. You want Mm -hmm. to send your kid off to college? Well, so anyway, what they've done is is they've turned all this animus toward immigrants uh, to hide the fact that they've uh, just gutted rural America. And, uh, If you're in Youngstown, Ohio, you know, what did Barack Obama do for you? Uh, What did Donald Trump do for you? What, you know, what did any of them do for you? Right. And uh, nothing. And that's why people attacked the Minnesota state capitol, the Michigan state capitol, and eventually Mm. the U.S. state capitol. It all started here. And uh, it's with this incredible frustration as people see their prosperity slip away and their future slip away and there's no way out of butcher holler.
0: Right. Well, I, I don't, (laughs) I don't disagree with you. Um, But you did write uh, an editorial about a guy named Mike Franken who's running against Grassley. Um, And he thinks he can beat him. What? Why does he think that? Like, how is he, is he subsidized by industry the way Grassley is?
1: No, Frank, Frank like Tim Ryan in Ohio, is being ignored uh, by Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, and uh, Gary Peters of Michigan, the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee Chair, uh, as they always do because they think it's unwinnable. And uh, so they want to pour their money into Pennsylvania and Florida and Georgia or whatever. Right. And uh, again, Although they're, Tim flying Ryan- over, they're flying over the industrial Midwest and tell you're on your own buds. And then they wonder why people don't vote for Democrats.
0: Right. I guess. I don't know about that. I mean, I'm
1: not. Oh, and also I might add that about that. Uh, Mike Franken had the bad judgment to uh kiss a woman on the lips without her consent and, uh, and that might have torpedoed
0: him. Ooh, that's, a, that's an unfortunate mistake. Uh, you know, Tim Ryan had a huge, there was a huge piece about, several editorials about Tim Ryan. Uh, in the papers today um, in the Northeast, both the New York Times and the Washington Post. Uh, uh, Jennifer Rubin especially wrote a great article about like Democrats should take notice of what Tim Ryan is doing because he took down J.D. Vance in a way that was so breathtakingly simple and effective that it was like, we should all be doing that. And it was, you know, h- hanging Trump around his neck, but also like you let this man rob you of your dignity. And then you got right back up on stage and shook his hand. I mean, it's hard to come yeah, back well, from I hope that. Chuck Schumer was reading it. I yeah, me too, me too. What about Kim Reynolds? Who are her biggest donors? Why is she? I mean, you know, you would think, given that uh, Iowa supports reproductive rights to a certain extent, I guess, even though she has just struck them down, um, or the Supreme Court did, but she's following right along. Um, you know, who who are her biggest donors? The same old, same old.
1: Well, yeah, to be the the uh, you know the same you know the. The Coke Network, yep. uh, you know the basic uh, American Legislative Exchange Council types. Mm-hmm. You know uh, who knows where all the money comes from, uh, right? Thank but, you, you, Supreme Court. She's, she, uh, you know, is in in Trump's tight embrace. Yeah, and uh, you know, Trump won Iowa handily. And, yes. Uh, again, it's because of that rage that nobody is paying attention to. Uh, but, uh, uh, and Kim Reynolds plays right into it. And uh, her first ad w- uh, featured Corey Bush uh, as her opponent, not Deidre Geer mm-hmm. And uh, talking about how uh, defunding police is the agenda of the Democrats. And, mm-hmm. you know, Corey Bush is from St. Louis, not Des Moines. Right. And, uh, <laughs> And so it's the same old playbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, immigrants are bad.
0: Crime is on the rise. The last poll I
1: saw, she was up by fifteen points over DeGier because,
0: right.
1: again, the Democratic Party said, "Well, DeGier can't win. She's black and she's a woman. So let's just cast her off on her own and see." And and so they're going to lose miserably. Mm. And uh, because uh, the Iowa Democratic Party is completely uh dismembered in Iowa.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it.
1: It's because of no lack it's because of a complete lack of support from DC.
0: Really? And you would think in the in the the state that you know has the Iowa caucuses and which they're trying to
1: kill uh and they'll be effective at killing. So you're losing rural America in spades. What's your first action? Kill the Iowa caucuses and don't fund Tim Ryan. Right. I hope you've been writing to Chuck Schumer. Chuck <laughs> Schumer well, does not read the Stormlight Times pilot. He,
0: well, he should be. I'm going to start sending it to him. Fortunately, I'm no longer a New York State resident. But anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, there is, you know, even you acknowledge that there is some change in local attitudes.
1: And by the way, who owns Chuck Schumer?
0: Wall oh, Street. Of course. Well, that goes without saying for any New York politician. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I'm sorry. I I interrupted you. No, 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 no. That's okay. You're welcome to interrupt me. Um, I'm often just maundering along in a kind of semi-senile way. So, you know. Um, but you know, the same old message, which Iowa, you know, has gobbled up because of the complex that we have been talking about. Uh it, I I'm just wondering like if Reynolds does not offer any um alternatives to the fouled water, the loss of you know farm land to large concerns and so on, the fact that Iowans can't really afford to farm unless they're part of the complex. Um, why why are people still I mean are we going back to the rage factor here? doesn't doesn't some of this social environmental economic damage register? That's
1: why the wedge issues are so important. Abortion, um, you know, despite the vote in Kansas, uh, you know, abortion is uh, is a key issue in Iowa, and I'm not sure how it'll play uh, mm-hmm. in the midterm elections, uh, but it's not the same as, Iowa's not the same as Kansas, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, neither is rural Minnesota. It's very pro-life. and right. uh, And again... Uh, That's something that's not well understood. (laughs) And uh, so I don't think it's a net, uh, it's going to be the net plus perhaps that people think it would be after Kansas. uh, uh, They've been winning elections based on abortion and gun control and taxes uh, for my entire adult lifetime. and. uh that's not changing
0: no it's not and what's interesting to me about seeing that and I, it's not and Iowa is not unique in this way um is but the idea that uh you know your right to have clean water uh clean air breathable air if you live near a hog farm uh you know all of these environmental impacts that are really uh stacking up in a huge way in your state and throughout the farm belt um, those don't those re- issues don't register in the same way. And I'm wondering why Democratic candidates aren't able to make those cases as compelling as pro-life, uh, no taxes, pro-gun.
1: Well, because they're all funded by the uh, by uh, the corporate structure. Um, look, the, the Biden administration um, joined the national pork producers and. Uh, the American Farm Bureau Federation, in uh, trying to strike down Proposition 12. I know. In California, which sets minimum standards for uh, space in livestock confinement buildings, hog confinement buildings. Right. And uh, so the Biden administration is siding with the Farm Bureau because the Biden administration is plugged into the whole same complex. And so, you know, the Democratic and Republican parties are both feeding at the same trough.
0: That is true. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we talk for a second about uh, the water issues in Iowa for people who aren't that familiar? Um, What do you see are the biggest? Uh, The Raccoon River, of course, I've done tons of shows around. Um, But what about the rest of Iowa? Well, the Raccoon River,
1: by the way, a year ago, was named one of uh, the nation's 10 most endangered rivers uh, by the American Rivers Project. Well, I'm
0: surprised it's not a Superfund site. Come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think the Mississippi was this year, if I'm not mistaken. Jeez. And uh, um, well, anyway, the, the surface water quality issues in Iowa are not improving, despite Uh, what Iowa calls a voluntary nutrient reduction program, the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico, it's a a oxygen deprivation from too much nitrogen flowing down the Mississippi river from Illinois and Iowa into the Gulf of Mexico. It's it's killing the shrimping industry. So we can grow 200 bushels of corn per acre. Yeah. Uh, That's not getting better. And, uh, and there's all these voluntary incentives, but none of them really pay. None of them really pay a farmer a profit for planting, uh, say, a cover crop in the winter uh, to reduce soil erosion and nitrogen loss. Uh, none of these things uh, really pay, and 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 because nobody really wants them to. Uh, because it's not really making Bayer any money or Corteva.
0: Well, you would think actually that planting cover crops would make them some money because they have to sell the seed for that. They've got to sell well, the chemicals. They don't control
1: the seed for that.
0: Oh, I see. It's okay. not
1: hybrid. It's not genetically modified. It, grass is tough to patent.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but alfalfa, oats—I mean, they, you know, a lot of these guys, certainly in the Northeast, are growing.
1: Yeah, but it's not like corn and soybeans, where right. you have Roundup Ready corn and uh, beans, and uh, it, it yeah, it, and and also cover crops cut your herbicide use by seventy-five percent. Yeah,
0: so nobody so wants
1: that. Nobody wants that. Right, right, right. Yeah, because everybody's plugged into that system.
0: Yes. You know, thank you for clarifying that in a way that uh, cannot be denied. <laughs> you have a much bigger picture view of things than I think most of us do, certainly, uh, than I do. Um, we should probably wrap it up here because I know my guy has another uh, another show right after us. But um, uh, I want you to take this moment to promote uh, the Storm Lake Times. Uh, tell people how they can find read your editorials on a regular basis and find out more about what you're doing.
1: You can go to stormlake.com, and uh, that's our website for the Storm Lake Times pilot. And also, I'd encourage you to, to Google the Western Iowa Journalism Foundation. It's a nonprofit foundation that uh, accepts donations, tax deductible donations, to support rural, independent, family owned newspapers uh, in Western Iowa, including ours. And uh, it's become more important than ever that we. Uh, as our advertising franchise erodes, that we raise money through other means, and we uh, we need your help. Absolutely. So pay attention, Western people. Western
0: Iowa Journalism Foundation. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, Art. I really appreciate it. So Thank it was you, a joy Peter. and a pleasure. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon, maybe right after the midterms. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to get your postmortem on it. So thanks for this today. I appreciate it. And thanks to our sponsors, as always, for supporting the network. Uh, see you next week, folks. What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights, is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you.